Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. It's great to have you with us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show, just a single story long, just a few minutes long in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill those few minutes with some great storytelling. We've got a great story for you today, but first uh, we want to remind you, of course, that we drop a few of these Appleseed Bites each week in preparation for our Thursday hour-long episode filled with stories for you and your family. This Thursday, hear the wonderful Alabama storyteller Dolores Hydock with a story called My Own Backyard. It's an episode of stories about leaving the nest, and you won't want to miss it. In the meantime, I'm thrilled to be joined in studio here by one of our assistant producers, A.J. Mingurance. A.J., it's great to have you with me. Hi, Sam. Well, what are we going to hear today? So we're hearing The Bikers and the Bee Man, which is a delightful story about this sweet little, like, tender, loving man whose job is to go um, to places where there are bees, where there shouldn't be bees, and collect them, you know? Uh, What a job, right? Yeah. I mean, what a... uh, My daughter is a beekeeper, and I've gotten over this last year or so kind of a look into that world, and it is an incredible world. Yeah. No, like they totally develop like a relationship with the hive. It's very cool. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, he goes to extract some bees from none other than a rough-and-tumble biker bar. (laughs) (laughs) The storyteller here is the very wonderful Doug Elliott, the North Carolina naturalist and storyteller, and also a heck of a harmonica player, too. Uh, We're going to hear the bikers and the bee-man from a storyteller who finds all kinds of wisdom in interactions with the natural world. You're sure to agree. Here's the story. In most areas of the country, the Department of Agriculture has extension offices, usually in each county where they provide various agriculture-related services. Everything from home canning to farming, gardening, and honeybees. Like if a swarm of honeybees shows up in your yard, they're the folks you call to help you deal with it. They have a list of beekeepers who are on call who will come out with a hive and they'll catch your swarm and take it away. If you have a bee colony that's moved into your garage or attic or somewhere in the walls of your home, they try to match you up with a beekeeper who also has carpentry skills. Wyatt Mangum was working in one of these offices in North Carolina State University in Raleigh. Wyatt had gotten into beekeeping as a child. His passion for bees persisted, and now apiculture, the study of bees, was his profession. Well, one warm spring afternoon, he got a call about some bees. At first, he thought it was a routine swarm call. Normally, he'd refer routine swarm calls to other beekeepers on his list, but something seemed different about this call. The guy's voice on the phone says, Yeah, man, the bees flying in and out of a hole in the back of my building. It's about four or five feet high. They're coming in and out. I mean, I like bees, man, but I can't have them here. This is a place of business. I mean, somebody's got to do something. Wyatt says, Where's your place of business? Out on Hillsborough Street. I've got this little tavern out here called Scrabble Dogs. Well, Wyatt knew Scrabble Dogs. Scrabble Dogs was the big biker bar in town. He'd driven past there lots of times. Anytime, day or night, there was usually a whole line of huge, glistening Harley Hog motorcycles parked out front and gangs of rough-looking, long-haired, tattooed, leather-jacketed characters coming in and out or hanging out in front, engaged in various rowdy and raucous interactions. He knew Scrabble Dogs. He'd always wanted to go check out the scene there, but he never had the nerve. Now, I'd seen Wyatt's picture in the Bee Journal. 
You see, he looked like a dapper little guy with a trim mustache and a receding hairline. Yes, it might be hard for him to fit in at a biker bar. Well, he was delighted. This was his chance to check the place out. He had official business now. He had an invitation. I'll be right over, he said. A little while later, he was pulling into the parking lot. The parking lot was already filling up with motorcycles. He pulled his little pickup truck over to the edge, and he walked to the front door and took a deep breath and opened the door, only to be greeted by a second set of doors with a big sign on them that said, No guns, no knives, no attitudes, no weapons of any kind. If you have a problem with this, then get out. Well, Wyatt says to himself, Well, I don't have any guns or knives, and my attitude's fine. No problem here. So he walked right in. The place was dim and smoky, lots of loud yelling, rowdy laughing, rock music. Wyatt sort of eased up to the bar, and the bartender looked over and greeted him with a big smile. All right, the B-man. Wyatt didn't even have a chance to introduce himself. How would that bartender have known? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I'm glad you came. Let me show you them bees. He led him down to the end of the long bar and into a back room. There were engines being rebuilt back there, a bunch of Harley-Davidson parts and greasy cardboard boxes and scattered here and there on the floor. They stepped carefully over the motorcycle parts, tiptoe through the crankshafts, past the pistons and the spark plug wires. I'll tiptoe through the parts room with you. And they went down the back stairs and out behind the place. And right there, sure enough, there was a hole about eye level in the wall of the building. There were bees coming in and out. See, they've been coming in and out of here all day, man. And you know, I like bees. I don't want to hurt them, but they can't stay here. Well, they watched, and Wyatt noticed that the bees weren't bringing in any pollen. They were mostly flying in and out of the hole and crawling around the opening. If bees have a hive established, you can usually see them flying in, carrying pollen on their legs to feed the babies. Well, these bees weren't carrying any pollen. Hmm, says Wyatt. He put his ear up to the building. He pounded on it a couple times. He didn't hear a hive of bees buzzing. He studied them a few minutes more, and finally Wyatt says, I think these are scout bees. You see, what happens with a bee swarm is that when it first lands, this is like a preliminary base camp. From this base camp, they send out scout bees to look for a permanent home in a hollow tree, a rock cliff, or in the walls of the attic of a building. These scout bees fly out, and then when they find a potential location, they come back to their swarm, and they dance a recruitment dance that tells the other bees the location. And by their dance, the other bees will know where to go check it out. That's one of the things that's so extraordinary and unique about honeybees is that they may be the only insects that can actually communicate abstract information to one another. Soon, other bees go out and they check this place out. But meanwhile, other scout bees are going in other directions. And they might find other locations. And when they come back, they dance the dance of the locations they found. And then the other bees fly out and they check those places until eventually they come to a consensus. And once they are all dancing the same dance, they all fly off together to the agreed-upon hive site. So Wyatt explains, I think these are scout bees. There's no established hive in there. You just better plug this hole up, and the sooner the better. But there's some bees in there, man. I don't want to hurt them. Don't you love it? This rough, tough biker with a tender heart is concerned about hurting a few dozen bees. Wyatt said, well, you could wait till dark to plug it up, because bees don't fly after dark. But the sooner you plug that hole, the better. Because if they are scout bees like I think they are, the rest of those bees could show up here at any time. Okay, man, I'll get that plugged up soon. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks a million for coming. So they went back up the stairs, back through the parts in the back room, and Wyatt strolled down the bar, taking in the scene, enjoying the ambiance of the place while he was there, and then he headed out into the parking lot to his truck. 
Well, he was just about to get into the truck when something catches his eye across this large open field on the other side of the road. It was the reflective glint of thousands of tiny bee wings. A swarm! It was heading right towards him. He knew exactly where that swarm was going. He goes running back into the bar room, busted through the door, shouting, the bees are coming, the bees are coming. He said it was just like a Hollywood set. The whole place quieted right down to a dead silence. Everyone just stopped and stared. He went running down to the end of the bar, ran back through the back room, leaping over the motorcycle parts, clattering down the back steps, and went out the back door. And sure enough, he just got out the door at the back of the building, and here come the bees around the corner. He thought, well, here I am. I don't have any bee equipment. I don't have anything to work with. There was just the hole right there, and sometimes you just gotta work with what you've got. So like the little Dutch boy, he put his thumb in the hole. The bees came swarming around the corner. They knew exactly where they were going, but all of a sudden, their hole wasn't there. They just poured in and landed all over him. He had been involved with bees for 20 or 30 years. He knew all about bee behavior. He knew all about the aspects of the hive and the life cycle of the bees. He had written articles and scientific papers on bees. He'd been to other countries studying bees. He'd seen hundreds of swarms leave their hive. He'd caught hundreds of swarms himself. But he had never had the opportunity to be there and witness the arrival of a swarm. He said this was extraordinary. He couldn't believe he had the good fortune to witness this incredible phenomenon, a swarm arriving. They were flying all over. Their wings were glittering in the late afternoon sunlight. He could smell the pheromones. It smelled like lemons, he said. And the hum of thousands of tiny wings was soothing, like music to his ears. Their fragrance was heavenly. This was incredible. Wyatt was in apicultural reverie. Then all of a sudden, he looked around, and he realized that the entire bar room full of bikers had poured out of the bars like bees out of a hive. And now they were standing there in a big semicircle at a safe distance, holding their beers and watching, going, whoa, dude, yeah, hey, <laughs> he calls out, hey, you guys, can you get me a cardboard box? Yeah, we'll get you a box, and so a couple of them ran back in, and by the time they came back with the box, the bees had reassembled on a bush just right there beside the building, so Wyatt just opened the flaps and shook the bees into the box and folded the flaps down and said, well, thank you, gentlemen. And off he went with the bees in the box under his arm. They said, you come back any time, dude. I mean, any time, man. You just come back. It was a tempting offer, he said. But he never did make it back. He knew a repeat visit would never be the same. So that's the story of the bikers and the bee man. Sail around, sweet honeybee. It's a honeybee fly around song. Fly around that biker bar for a place to make your home. The Bikers and the Bee Man, a story shared with us by the wonderful North Carolina naturalist and storyteller Doug Elliott. Always a pleasure to hear from Doug, and it's been a pleasure to hear that story not only with you, but with A.J. Mingurance. A.J., thanks for bringing us that tale. I love that tale. <laughs> this sort of culture clash tale yeah. over these bees, right? And, and as you listen to that story, where does it take you? So when I think about a sweet, gentle person who has this connection with animals and nature and kind of has to brave into a scary space to sort of <laughs> take charge of a situation, I just think about Disney princesses. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is like a modern day Disney princess. It makes me think of uh, in the movie Enchanted when she's in the real world and sure. she like calls out for the animals. But instead of being like deer and bunnies, it's like cockroaches and rats. <laughs> you know, I'm like, here is, is someone who's just taking care of 
are bees at one with the animals, you know. You know, I mentioned that 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 our daughter is a is a is a beekeeper. Yeah, and it's been such an interesting look into a world that 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 some of us might run from, you know. Yeah. Uh, and 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 being a beekeeper and sort of looking really up close, getting in close and looking at that amazing kind of system, you know. Yeah. It's been just kind of a remarkable thing. And and there's, as you, you know, when you listen to a lot of Doug Elliott stories, you kind of get this notion of these things that we sometimes might look away from or run away from are things that hold a lot of kind of insight uh, and, and, and lessons uh, for how we humans live our lives, you know. And darned if, I, if, if I'm not kind of experiencing that, so sort of looking over my daughter's shoulder mm-hmm. as she uh, interacts with these bees. <laughs> it's, it's like looking into another world a little bit, yeah. you know. And I think that's what he got to experience when he went to the biker bar. He, yeah. you know, from the outside, you would just see like the leather jackets and the gruff attitudes. Right. Right. But then we kind of get to see them in awe yeah. and in wonder, that's and we see this whole other side of them that's uh, so human. <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, it's been a pleasure to share this moment with AJ and with you. AJ, thanks for bringing that tale to us. I can't wait to be back. <laughs> and, of course, you can join us on Thursday for My Own Backyard, featuring the wonderful Alabama storyteller Dolores Hydock, recorded right here in the Appleseed Studio, a terrific performance with our terrific studio audience. Don't miss it, an hour filled with stories about leaving the nest. I'm Sam Payne. Can't wait to be with you again on The Appleseed. Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by the Appleseed.